part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Can be seated. Turn on Father again. We thank you for who you are. And we're grateful that the cross has the final word. It is because of the cross we're here. Speak to our hearts. Prick our very conscience. Arrest souls. Convict and convert. We ask this in your son's holy name. Amen. My goal to us this morning is to help us to, to define who we are as a body of believers. Actually, I believe we know who we are, but at times, life gets in the way of what our ultimate goal is. As one who has accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior, I at times miss the mark of, of what my true goal is as a believer. We rather continue with the status quo instead of being a vessel that is willing to be poured out and used by God. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph that first, that first Christmas and said, This baby Jesus will born of Mary and he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, who came nearly 2,000 years ago, his main purpose was to what? Save sinners from their sin. May I suggest to us that this Christmas, we are his hands, his feet, his mouthpiece to spread the good news of the gospel. What a great Christmas it would be if we lead a family member, a friend, or a neighbor to the foot of the cross. May I encourage us to perk up, listen, and apply God's truth this Christmas. I want us to turn our Bibles to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 2, and we'll read the first 12 verses. Mark chapter 2, we'll read the first 12 verses. I'm reading from the NIV translation. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered, many, but so many gathered that, that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them since they could not get, in, get, him, get him to Jesus because of the crowd. They made an opening in the roof. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their fate, he said to the paralytics, Son, your sins are forgiven. 
Verse 6. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? Like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your, be- your mat and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them, of them all. This amazed everyone. They praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Speak to our hearts in Christ's name. This morning I want to speak to you from the thought Raise the roof or raise a ruckus. Raise the roof or raise a ruckus. In verse 1, the scripture says of, of Jesus, and again he entered Capernaum. It was in this city that Jesus started his public ministry. In Matthew 1, 9, we find that Capernaum was referred to to, 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 by, by, to the people as, as Jesus' own, own city. It seems that Capernaum was the headquarters of Jesus' earthly ministry. He had gone through the city many times and it is in the city he performed great and wondrous work, miracles. One such was walking on water. It was near the city that Jesus performed uh, uh, the feeding of the, 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 the 5,000. As we examine the scripture, we, we, find, we will find something else significant about this city. Though they were amazed of, it, of his divine works, though they were astonished by supernatural powers, though they were astounded by impeccable knowledge, though, the, though they were awestruck by his great miracles he performed, largely, largely, this city remained unresponsive to the message of God. They remained unresponsive to his word and rejected the claim that Jesus was the son of God. Capernaum was a city that had the privilege to see the awesome power of God, but remained hardened, callous, and cold to the message of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 11, 22 through 24 and Luke 10 verse 15 God pronounced judgment on the city God pronounced a curse on Capernaum Jesus said though it will exalt itself to heaven it shall be plunged into hell if you, if you were to visit that, that city today it would be nothing more than a pile of rubble nothing more than, a, than brick and, stub, and, and stubble Simply because, church, simply, they did not realize the moment of opportunity. The Son of Man had invaded their presence. The Son of God had come on the scene and performed wondrous miracles and great and mighty works. But they remained unresponsive to the message of God. 
Christ came that first Christmas to save his people from their sins. The the Great Commission tells us to go out in the world and preach the gospel to all nations. God has given us this great avenue to preach. God has given us this great avenue not to preach religion, but to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. To preach the hope of Christ in our cities. To herald the message of peace through Jesus Christ. To let our cities know that Jesus, who came nearly 2,000 years ago, came to save his people from their sins. Don't allow, don't allow family members, don't allow our family members, don't allow our neighbors, don't allow our co-workers, don't allow our friends, don't allow our guests who will be passing through our homes this Christmas season to go without sharing the good news that Jesus was born of a virgin, came in a, came in a manger, and, and to save his people from their sins. That's why he came, folks. That's why he came. God has given us an awesome responsibility. We must seize the moment. We must seize the opportunity. May I suggest to us May I suggest to us the time of being scared needs to be over. The time of I don't know what to say needs to be over. The time of being afraid of offending someone needs to stop. The time of I don't know the scripture well so how can I share Christ? The time of my life is not perfect and I don't know and, I, and, 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 and my life is not perfect and I don't want to look like a hypocrite needs to end today the time of sharing the gospel is now it's today when will it be a perfect time when will it be a perfect time we need to get on our knees and say to God we want, to, we want your will to be done we want to be broken bread and poured out wine We want to be used by God in an unusual and divine way so that you might get all the glory and praise. Jesus is saying this could be your last chance. Seize the moment. Let's not wait until tomorrow to share Christ. Don't worry about what people will say. Don't worry about being timid. Trust in me and I will give you the power you need to share the gospel. All you need is to open your mouth and speak. And I will do the rest. That's what Christ is saying to us. Verse 1 says, When Jesus entered Capernaum, the people heard that Jesus was in the house, as the King James Version says. Jesus was in the house. Word gets out that Jesus was in the house, folks. Word gets out that Jesus had arrived. The crowd begins to gather. They filled up the doorways and and the hallways. Heads were hanging through the windows to see what was going on. People were closely knit together because Jesus was in the house. May May I share something with you, Cornerstone? Jesus has drawing power. God said in his word, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. The significant 
references referring to him hanging on the cross. The application for the church today is this. If you and I lift Jesus up, if you and I make Christ the central focus of our being, if you and I give him all aspects of our lives, if you and I allow Christ to reign supreme in our lives, if you and I confess all our sins and allow Jesus to have permanence in our lives, when people come in our midst, they will sense the awesome presence of Almighty God and they will know that Jesus is in us and, and working through us. When, G- when people see, see Jesus in us, there will be a crowd, folk. There will be a crowd. Jesus has drawing power. We live in a day and age. We live in a day and age when the church wants to try all kinds of marketing techniques to draw or to have a large crowd. Hoping that the new techniques and fads will bring the crowd. Sometimes crowds do come. But what we do find or what, what, but what, do, we, what, 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 what do we find at times? Some, oftentimes we find a church that is worldly. That has no depth or power. That has lost its focus and left its first love. We find a church that is ten miles wide but one inch deep. Hear me clearly. Nothing is wrong with trying new ways to reach a lost world. But when our focus is shifted from preaching Christ and the main focus is on something else, then something is wrong. Some churches preach a more social gospel because they want to be political, politically correct. The greatest gossip, Cornerstone, the greatest gossip any church can have is to let it out that Jesus is in the house. The greatest gossip any church needs to proclaim is that Jesus is here. That's it, folks. That's what we need to preach. That Jesus is in the house. Folk, if you walk through these doors, if you walk through these doors, we are going to preach Christ and Him crucified. That's what we're going to preach. If you walk through these doors and you're sitting on these chairs, we're going to preach Christ and Him crucified. You're going to be uncomfortable if you don't know Him because we make no excuse, none whatsoever, for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to preach we're going, to preach, we're going to preach that if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're going to, you're going to a lost eternity. We're, going to, we're, we're, going, we're, we're also going to preach that God loved us so much that He sent His only begotten Son to die for our sins. And if you accept Him today, you will find rest and assurance in Him. When Jesus is lifted up, the crowd will gather. When Jesus is lifted up, the crowd will come, will come. Are we willing to lift Jesus up? What did we, what did Jesus do to the crowd? What did Jesus do to the crowd? Notice in verse 2 what Jesus did. He preached the word to them. That's it, folks. He preached what? The word to them. He preached the word to them. Notice 
Notice the text does not say he sat on a stool and rapped about social greatness. The text does not say he talked about the political view of the, of the times. The text does not say he, he, he preached to the crowd exactly what their itching ears wanted to hear. The text does not say he talked about the seven steps to wealth and power. The text does not say he, he, he told the crowd he told the crowd that they could have a problem free life of peace and love. What the text says is that he preached the word to them. That's what it says. Titus 1.3 says I will manifest or he will manifest his word through preaching. 2 Timothy 4.2 says preach the word in season and out of season. 1 Corinthians 1.21 says by the foolishness of preaching many will believe. Paul says in, 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 in Romans chapter 1 verse 15 I'm eager to preach the gospel. The word preach means to, to herald, to announce, to proclaim. <coughs> to proclaim. We need to proclaim the good news. We need to proclaim the good news that Jesus was born of a virgin. We need to preach that when he came that first kiss Christmas, he came to redeem his people from their sins. We need to herald that he was crucified, that he was buried. But on the third day, the third day he arose and he's now seated at the right hand of the Father interceding on our, on our behalf. Preach Jesus Christ this Christmas, folks. That's what we need to preach. Preach Jesus Christ this Christmas. Preach Christ this Christmas. Now there, 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 there are several characters in the text. First we see the crippled interwoven in verses 1 to 12. Like many who came in contact with our Lord, he was sick. Jesus touched the blinded eyes. He brought, he, brought, he, he brought hearing to the deaf. He made a dumb speak. He, he made a lame walk. And in this case, this young man was crippled. He was sick. And as we examine the scripture, we realize the, the severity of his illness. Five times in, in the text, he is referred to as the paralytic. A paralytic was one who has suffered partial or complete loss of the ability to move some part of his or her body. It is possible that this man had some, some form of brain malfunction or some spinal cord injury. The nerves and the muscles in, in, his, in his body were unable to move as a result. He was absolutely and totally dependent on someone else to get him to one place to the next. Listen, just as this man just as this man was physically marred and crippled, you and I and all humanity had a spiritual paralysis. Let, let me illustrate. You go downtown Atlanta and find a man in, a, in his plush office. He has an important position. He has an intelligent mind and a responsible life. But underneath the veneer and the facade of success, he has no peace. He's not content. All of his success 
has not brought him happiness and he's constantly looking for something. This man has a spiritual paralysis, a paralysis of the soul. A mother, a mother who keeps a clean house and is a, and is a picture of faithfulness to her husband and, and, and children and helps the needy and, and gives to charity. But underneath all of this, she has no peace. She has a spiritual paralysis. A young girl in the prime of her teen who's enjoying life in school. She's getting good grades and very popular among her friends. There's a, young, there's, a, there's a high school football player who's very popular among the girls and is a model, model of citizen to his peers. Both have a spiritual paralysis. A movie star who has fame and fortune and everything seems to be going well on the outside, but on the inside there's an emptiness, a void that needs to be filled. This person has a spiritual paralysis. In our cities right now, right now, there are men and women who are on the streets and have no place to live. They are without hope. They have a spiritual paralysis. Genesis, in Genesis, Adam and Eve sinned. And as a result, and as a result their sin was imputed on us. Their sin passed on, unto all men and women and all became morally and spiritually bankrupt before a holy God. Romans 3.23 says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. death. But thank God for Christmas the gift of eternal life. The gift of Jesus is eternal life. Christ came to save humanity from their sins. The Bible says when we were without strength Christ died for the ungodly. Romans, Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we're still wretched and undone, Christ died for us. We find hope in Christ's hope. He's our hope, strength, and shelter in the time of storm. He's our redeemer, restorer, and healer of our soul. Folk, this is, what, this is the message we preach. This is the message we preach. The cure for the spiritual cripple is conversion through Jesus Christ and nothing else. This is the message. The only cure is through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how someone can be saved. Through the blood of Christ and nothing else. Let's stop worrying about how I'm, com how, how I'm uncomfortable I feel. Let's stop focusing on how scared I am. Don't be concerned <coughs> Concerned that you're offending someone. Stop focusing on the fact that you're not perfect. None of us are. Stop worrying about, I don't know the scripture well. So, 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 I don't know the scripture well, so I cannot, I cannot, I cannot um, share Christ. Share your testimony. What God is doing in your life. He is, he's, we are just a messenger. He does the saving. Humanity. Humanity. As a spiritual paralysis, a paralysis of the soul. The only cure comes through Jesus Christ. We are his vessels. We are his vessels that he will, that he will use to cure the, 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 the spiritual paralysis. Verses 
3 to 5 says, Some men came bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the mat, lowered the, mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their, their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Son, your sins are forgiven. What a, what a beautiful picture. What a beautiful picture of four men who decided to go against the status quo. Four men decided to go against the status quo. They, four men decided, listen, listen, we cannot get this fellow to Jesus. It's too crowded. They said we have, we, have, we have to do something extraordinary. We have to do something out, out of the norm. Something unusual. Something different. They said the objective. Listen. The objective is to get the man to Jesus. Right? The objective, believers, is to get the sinner to Jesus. The objective is to lift Jesus up so that lives might be transformed and changed by his power. The objective is to get the man to Jesus. These four men carried the crippled man. The crippled man. They, 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 they carried him on the roof. They carried him on the roof. In the Old Testament days, you would find houses, roofs, were flat. And they had a stairwell on the side, which is called a parapet. These four men took, took the steps and carried the crippled man on, onto the roof. What great responsibility these four men took on themselves. Cornerstone people might not come to church. People might not come to our Bible study. But what we do is to take whatever means necessary. Is to take whatever means necessary to bring the sinner to Jesus. Whatever, whether we are at work, in the grocery store, on the plane... At, at, at a football or basketball or baseball game, at a cheerleading practice, wherever we are, we need to have a concern for the spiritually crippled. It is evident, it is evident that these four men were concerned for the health of the crippled man. Are we concerned for, about the health of the spiritual crippled souls? Are we willing to to, 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 to are we willing to, to place our weaknesses at the foot of the cross and reach the crippled, the spiritually crippled? Are we willing when we're, on, when we're flying and, and we're sitting by someone and, you, and we know that they're not safe? Are we willing to drop our guards and raise the roof for Christ and, 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 and speak to the spiritually crippled? Are we willing? The objective, church, is to get the sinner to Jesus. The objective of these four men was to get the paralytic to Jesus. These four men knew these four men knew Jesus was the son of God. They knew that Jesus was what Jesus healed the sick, raised the dead, gave sight to the blind. These four men knew the life-changing power of Jesus and their object and their objective was to get this crippled man to Jesus. Is this our objective? Is our objective is to get the crippled, the spiritually crippled, 
to Jesus. Look at their determination. Look at their, look at, look at their determination and their urgency in verse 4. In verse 4, look at their, their determination and urgency. It says, Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. After digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. You see their urgency and their determination? Folk, guess what they did? They ripped the roof off. They ripped it off. They ripped the roof off the house. They, was, they, 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 they would not allow anything to stop them from getting the crippled man to Jesus. Folk. That's what we need to do. We should not stop. We should not allow anything to stop us from getting the spiritually crippled to Jesus. They ripped the roof off. They tear it up. They tear the roof off the house, folks. They tear it off. They ripped it up. They said, We tried to get we tried to get through the doors, but no one wanted to let us through. We tried the windows, but people were hanging on the windowsill and they don't want to let us through. We saw some friends and we asked them to help us get the crippled man in and they said there's no room. They, say, they, saw, they saw one of the religious leaders and they, shout, and they shouted, help us, help us. Help us get this man to Jesus and they said he's not on the program. He's not on the program. Come back next week and we'll, and we'll try to fit him in. They, 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 said, they said to themselves, you know what? Let's rip the roof off. Let's rip the roof off the house. This man is sick. He's a paralytic. We have, we, have seen, we have seen the great and mighty work that Jesus has done. And we need to get and we need to get this man to Jesus. We cannot wait any longer. We cannot wait. We need to get this man to Jesus. And they did everything in their power to get the crippled man to Jesus. We need to do everything in our power to get the sinner to Jesus. We need to rip the roof off if that's what it takes. There was a sense of determination. There was a sense of urgency by these four men. Folk, we need to have a sense of urgency. I, 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 I have a neighbor, I have a friend, I have a, I have a co-worker, I have a, a family member. And, and, and if I don't share the gospel, they could die and go to hell. I'm going to do everything in my power to get the sinner to Jesus. Jesus, I'm going to rip the roof off. I'm going to get uncomfortable and share the good news of the gospel. It does not matter what people might say. It does not matter what people might say. It does, it does not matter how I feel. The sinners, sinners are going to hell. And I want to rip the roof off to get the sinner to Whatever, whatever makes you uncomfortable for not sharing the gospel, let's blow it up and raise the roof for Jesus Christ. Let's blow it up and get the sinner to Jesus. They raise the roof instead of raising the roof. They raise the roof up instead 
of raising a ruckus. These four men never forgot their objective to get this man to Jesus. To say, to, so they got on the roof and ripped the roof off. I can imagine, I can imagine what people began to say when the dirt and the debris began to fall on them. I can hear one saying, what's wrong with these four men? I spent countless hours putting on the roof and you guys are tearing it off. I I can hear another, as he said, we do not have any insurance. So why are you tearing the roof off? These chairs were, were, were given to us as a gift. And you four men are damaging them by tearing the roof off. I'm sure the owner of the house saw the roof being lifted up. I'm sure he began to assess the damage and the cost of repair and how he was going to stool these four men. I'm sure. Obviously, folk, obviously, obviously. It created an uncomfortable environment for those below. Obviously, the, 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 as, the, as the debris fell and the dirt fell, it was not the ideal situation. Obviously, believers, it created a distasteful atmosphere for those who prefer business as usual. If God is going to do a work, if God is going to do a work by using us to bring the spiritually crippled to Jesus, it may create an uncomfortable environment. It can't be business as usual. Focus, our focus needs to change. We can't wait, we can't just sit back and relax and expect a miracle to take place. We need to rip the roof. We need to raise the roof. Are we willing to raise the roof? Or are we willing to raise a ruckus? When believers, when believers get serious about roof raising, we're willing to get uncomfortable. Let down our guard and allow Jesus to work in our lives. When the church gets serious about roof raising, we're willing to upset the ritualistic traditions that have ruled and reigned in the place of Christ. When roof raising begins to explode, there will be a determination and urgency to passionately proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ because we, we don't want to see lives going to hell. When roof raising begins to explode, it tears down fears, hesitations that hinder us to preach Christ and Him crucified. When church gets serious about, <coughs> about roof raising, the preaching of the word is effective. People are mobilized to effective evangelism. When we are serious about roof raising, we have, we have a burden for the lost and we do everything in our power to win them to Christ. That's what roof raising does, folk. That's what roof raising does. They ripped the roof off. They created an uncomfortable atmosphere. They created tension among the people below. It was not business as usual. It was out of the ordinary. Are we willing to raise the roof or are we willing to raise a ruckus? Are we willing 
to do whatever it takes to get the sinner to Jesus. These four men decided they're going to do whatever it takes to get the sinner to Jesus. Are we willing for? Are we willing, Cornerstone, to get the sinner to Jesus? Are we willing to, to get up, to, 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 to stop being afraid? Being, being, being something we, we cannot speak or, or we're offending someone. Are we willing to stop doing that and raise the roof for Christ? Are we, are, are we going to be a ruckus leader? Raise all kind of ruckus instead of raising the roof. Seeing people going to hell and instead of sharing Christ with them, we walk past. And, and I'm faulty of that book. I'm faulty. I'm faulty. But are we willing, starting today, starting this Christmas, to raise the roof for Christ? In verse, in verse 5, these four men came expecting something. They came expecting something. These four men lift the roof off because they were expecting a miracle to take place. What are you expecting this Christmas? What's your determination this Christmas? Is it to rip the roof off and share the gospel to whoever we come in contact with? Our determination, expectation this Christmas is to, is to allow lost souls to have an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. These four men knew that Jesus healed before and they thought if he healed once before, guess what? He can heal again. If we can just get this man to Jesus, in spite of the fact there's, there's, there's no room in, 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 in the house. We, they, they, they won't let us in. They didn't know what people would say about them. It did not matter. Our goal is to get the crippled man to Jesus. So they raised the roof. They were, expect, they, were, they were expecting something. What are your expectations this Christmas? Are you expecting sinners to come to Jesus, for Christ to work a miracle in the lives of sinners so that they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. What are you expecting? These men, they came expecting Jesus to heal. Because they have seen him. They have seen, and we have seen Christ done great and mighty miracle in other people's lives, in, in, in our own life. We have seen Christ done great and mighty miracles. We ought to have that burning desire to see Christ touch and change the heart of those who are lost. Not only did we see the crippled man, not only did we see the four concerned brothers, but notice the critical onlookers or the ruckus raises. Verses 6 to 10. When we are in the business of roof raising, guess what? We will always have some critical onlookers or ruckus raises. You know, you know what? Life is too short to argue with folk. We just have to do what we have to do to go around them and do what's necessary for the kingdom of God. The problem with these folk is that they have no heart for, for roof raising. They just want to be ruckus raisers. They want to argue and tell us what we're doing wrong and people are lost and going to hell. 
when we focus and argue about small matters and major on the minor, it gets in the way of being a roof raiser. Let's join hands and hearts and raise the roof of Christ. Let's join hands and hearts and raise the roof for Christ. Verses 12, or verses 11 and 12, we see the compassionate Savior. The compassionate Savior in verses 11 and 12. The compassionate Savior immediately forgave, restored, and saved the crippled man. And now the bed that once carried the man, now he carries. The bed that once was a sign of sickness is now a sign of cure. Can you imagine, folk? Can you imagine what those young men did when they saw the crippled man rise to his feet? Can you imagine? I'm sure they were there high-fiving. I'm sure they were there bumping chests. Because they, they raised the roof for Christ. They raised the roof. They, I'm sure they were dancing and jumping for, for joy. The crippled man is here, folks. They raised the roof for Christ. They ripped the roof off. They, they were having a ball. Because the, the crippled man was here. And I'm sure, folk, I'm sure when we, when we share the gospel to, some, um, to a sinner and they come to Jesus Christ, I'm sure we're jumping for joy. We should be high-fiving. We should be bumping chests. We should be dancing because the sinner comes to Jesus. The sinner comes to Jesus. That's what they did. They ripped the roof off and they were excited. They were excited because the crippled man came to um, um, got up and walked. We ought to be excited when a soul comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus. They were ecstatic with excitement and full of joy. They knew if we could just get this man to Jesus. They knew if we could just get this man to Jesus, a miracle would, would, would be performed. They knew it, folks. I'm sure they said the roof raising was worth it all. The roof raising, folks, was worth it. Gl- I'm glad I raised the roof. I'm glad I, people were uncomfortable because I want to get the sinner to Jesus. That's it, folks. That's, 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 that's who we are. That's our def- the definition of being a Christian is to share the good, the good news of the gospel. That's why we're here on earth. Nothing else. Nothing else. But to share Christ and Him crucified so that sinners can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Christ came in a manger to save His people from their sins. When God begins to move in our hearts, a real move of God, I'm talking about a divine move of God where where the souls of men are arrested. And God begins to transform their lives through His inspired Word. Then, roof raising will begin. When the people saw that Jesus, what Jesus did, they said, "We have never seen anything like this before." This is the by- byproduct of roof raising. This is the byproduct of roof raising. 
when you see God when, 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 when you see God begin to move as a result of our obedience everyone of us stands in awe stands in awe of Christ no one can take credit for what God has done Ephesians 2 8 and 9 says for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not of works and this not, of, not from yourself it is a gift of God not of works so that anyone can be folk we can be we have nothing to do with folk coming to Jesus Christ we are just the vessels all we can say is this we have never seen anything like this before the time of decision is now God is looking for a body of believers a body of people who are willing to get out of their comfort zone die to self lay aside their trivialities their indifferences their fears and become a roof raiser do I have a roof raiser this morning do I have a roof raiser this morning I am good maybe some of us are saying I am good I am going to heaven so there is no need to worry maybe that is what some of us are saying but do we have some roof raisers some individuals who are willing this Christmas to raise the roof for Christ as the worship team comes back let's, let's, let's bow our heads and maybe you're maybe you're here this morning and you you came as a ruckus raiser you are, are, are you're fearful you, you're timid you, 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 you feel that you will you share Christ, you will offend people. And whatever it is that's holding us back, I, I know personally at times I, 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 I'm, I'm scared. But this morning, I want to surrender my very being to God. And say, God, use me. Help me to be a roof raiser instead of a ruckus raiser. So that I can share the good news of the gospel to those who I come in contact with this Christmas. Folk, are we willing? So if you're here this morning, as we should sing, the altar will be open. Feel free. Feel free to come and surrender your total being to God and say, Lord, I want to be a roof raiser. I want to raise the roof for you. I, my objective, Lord, is to get the sinner to Jesus. And that's, that's my goal, Lord. I want to get the sinner to Jesus. That's it. Or maybe you're here this morning, you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And I encourage you to, the Bible in John, in John 3, 6 and 4, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So, you can trust him today. You can have you can you can have Jesus Christ this Christmas as your own personal Lord and Savior. As I 
as I sit, I'll be sitting in the front row. If you're here, you have never trust Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I'll be sitting right here. If you want to talk with me, and I'm willing and, and ready to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But as believers, you're saying this morning, I want to trade in my badge of ruckus reason, and I want to be a roof reason for Christ. I want to be a roof reason. As we should sing this last song, I encourage us. The altar is open. Feel free to come. Allow God to speak to your heart. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.